147. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So in the thick of 2 Kings, so right, 2 Kings 13, and um, it starts off telling us about these two kings of Israel, right? Jehoahaz. And Jehoahash. Jehoash. Now the names are gonna sound sound like very similar as you move back right. and forth, but so you got to be careful and pay attention to what kingdom they're talking about and the actual name of the king. And these two kings, um, you know, they are evil, right? They don't do what is right in the eyes of the Lord. Um, they commit the sins. Uh, of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Remember, the southern kings are going to be compared to that first king, Jeroboam. The uh, the north, the northern kings, well, excuse me, but the southern kings uh, to David. And um, yeah, they call out, they seek the Lord in this battle. Jehoaz seeks the Lord in this battle, um, and the Lord relented <laughs> from disaster by raising up this deliverer that is not named. But the crazy thing is, at least in this text, is that release didn't mean repentance, right? The Lord, when he relieves us of trouble, wants us to repent of our wrongdoing. And you don't see that here uh, with King Jehoahaz. This starts off very much like the judges, right? Mm. Where God is forgiving and restoring a people because of their groanings, mm -hmm. not necessarily because he thought they turned over a new leaf, right? It's mm. attributed to the kindness of God, not the, you know, sincerity or not the right. like um the conviction of the people not because they deserved it but because god is gracious and god is so gracious that you see him here giving his kindness to people that are undeserving and you see just the way the lord fulfills his words so jehoash <laughs> is um from that line as well and you see that he was from the line of Jehu. Now the Lord said to Jehu, because you was you went hard in some areas, yeah. I got you for four generations. Right. <laughs> right? Your sons are gonna be on the throne. Mm. And so you see the Lord here, like being faithful to his word, right? No matter what the circumstances are. Um, but the sad part is, is one of their best prophets is about to go, right? Yeah. Elisha is in his last days. And what's interesting, Elisha dies. And then they bury a man near Elisha right. and his bones revive the man. Mm. So what the Lord is saying is, listen, no, no, he's gone, but I'm still here. Right, like right, my, right. my power, regardless of the actual prophet that is left, who is left on earth, my power, my spirit and my word are still working. We get sad and rightfully so. We admire people in the faith who do great things. And when yeah. they're gone, it's like, man, where is such and such? Where is such and such? Dr. King, right? Whoever it is. But the Lord is still here. Right. The Lord is going to continue working throughout history, regardless of who he uses God's for the work. work always outlives God's workers. Yep. God's power always outlives God's person, God's prophets, mm -hmm. right? People go into the ground. God's plans continue to move forward. Yep. And King uh, Hazael of Aram oppressed Israel throughout the reign of Jehoahaz, verse 23 of chapter 13. But the Lord was gracious to them, had compassion on them, and turned toward them. Why? Because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was not willing to destroy them. Even now, he has not banished them from his Again, it brings presence. up. No, God did it. What? Because of his kindness, yeah. not because of their sorrow, mm. right? And so this is just a reminder as we come to the text. It's meant to be a window into what God 
is like, right? God is a gracious God who constantly shows his love and kindness to the undeserving. What's interesting about that, bro? The text is clear. It's like, no, no, no. God kept his end of the bargain. He right. always does. 14 comes, it shifts to Judah, southern yeah. kingdom. Wilding. Now, um, Aram, who was Syria, who had been oppressing Israel all throughout the life of Elijah, is finally done away with. Right. So now it's the perfect time for the tribes... Judah, the, the North um, Israel and, and Southern Judah to unite. Right. But instead of uniting, they fight. <laughs> they don't wow. unite, they fight. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, you know, it's amazing, man, that um, you know God's people are in disarray when there is more infighting than mm. there is enemy fighting. Yeah. Right. Instead of coming together, renewing and reforming uh, uh, worship and the covenant, all those sorts of things, they fight against each other. Yeah. And sad. <laughs> yep. Amaziah, yep. he's on the throne and he does the same thing, right? Mm. He did what was right in moving forward, mm -hmm. but he didn't erase the past wrongs. Mm. So the people, with ample opportunity, opportunity motivates thieves, mm. kept sacrificing. But then we see once again, God again working deliverance through Israel, a nation mm. with no good kings. Yeah. But he's working the deliverance because of his goodness, not theirs. And it's crazy because in the southern kingdom or in the northern kingdom, you get another Jeroboam. Right. <laughs> so I know the names is probably crazy. But Jeroboam, this is the second one. Right. And what's crazy about him is many scholars have pointed out that he had one of the wealthiest and most prosperous reigns in the nation since Solomon. Right. Now, remember, Solo was a dog. Right. He had... <laughs> He was different. Everybody was pulling up on him. He was that guy. So this is the greatest reign since Solomon. And guess what? All of that prosperity did not bring about faithfulness. Right. All of that prosperity did not produce any spiritual, real fruit. Right. right? He still was wicked. Now, the text is crazy because now we're starting to get moved forward in redemptive history. And um, uh, um, Hosea and Amos start to prophesy. Right. If you go read their books, it wasn't nothing pretty. Right. <laughs> right? That was going on. But look what 27 says. The Lord had not said he would blot out the name of Israel under heaven. Right. right. You still see the the, the kindness uh, of the Lord. And, man, we just have to remember, bro, that God is more patient than we are simple. Right. right? The people were in a mass amount of sin, but the Lord is still delaying his judgment Fair. because he's so Fair. patient. It, bro, and like you said earlier, Earlier, bro, it's such a sad story. Yeah. Look at this. The people are doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord. Yep. Like the judges. And one of the things that you see here is this. Look, God is delivering them from their external foes. Mm. The turnover of the kings is coming from infighting, internal corruption mm. of the towns, right? This is what makes the story so sad. Mm. They're showing that their greatest problem is internal corruption. That's good. Not external conquerors. The greatest problem of the people of God here is not outside of the kingdom, mm. it's inside, right? Mm. That there's a special type of deliverance that God needs to work, and it has nothing to do with arrows that come from beyond the borders of the city. Yep, and it's amazing. 15 is going to move super fast. Right. So you're going to get seven kings in one chapter. He's like, all right, I just got to get you to exile now because they're too wild. Right. right? So Amos, or Azariah, excuse me, Judah, uh, did what was right inside the Lord. Ah, the high places weren't taken away. Right. Um, you know, the people continue sacrificing, burning incenses, all that kind of stuff. Moves on to Zechariah and Shalom. And what's interesting is that in uh, verse 12, it says that um, 
after Zechariah, excuse me, it says the word of the Lord that he spoke to Jehu was four generations of your sons will sit on the throne of Israel, and mm. it was so. So you see, once again, the word of the Lord is coming to right. fulfillment, right? His right. promises of blessing are just as sure as his promises of judgment and vice versa. Shalom comes, this cat, Shalom comes and becomes king, and then he gets killed <laughs> by right. this cat, uh, Menahem. And so you just, over and over and over, you see these kings being killed, these uh, people usurping the throne and power and all this kind of stuff, and you just see the narrative starting to move uh, quickly, especially in 15, uh, as he's trying to make his way to exile uh, of the kings. And it's interesting, man, you know, that uh, Assyria um, um, comes and shows up on the scene, right? right? They start to show up on the scene and they actually even start to take people in uh, chapter 15, verse 29, and you'll see the the final fulfillment of that Assyrian captivity in yeah. chapter 17. Yeah, wow. but chapter 16 feels like the climax, right? Mm. Ahaz comes and he does what's evil in the sight of the Lord, and he takes it up a notch. Mm. He sacrifices his own child, showing that he aligns more with the pagan people that God dispossessed before the Israelites. Mm. But remember, their dispossession was because of their wickedness. Absolutely. In the Pentateuch, they were partly wandering in the wilderness because God said, no, no, no. The wickedness of those in the land didn't reach the top yet. Just and God, yeah, yep, yeah. God was saying, I'm dispossessing them. And Israel was going to get the same treatment soon so that we would see, oh, no, no, no. God wants you, them to know, no, no, no. Look, y'all can get it too, right? Y'all, mm. I'm not going to show favoritism or be partial. Ahaz right now. Mm. is opening up the door to the very people that will conquer them. Part of why they're conquered is because he lets them in. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, what's interesting is that in this part, 16, uh, Ahaz comes and is doing all this wicked stuff, and Isaiah mm. is now the prophet mm. in Israel. And if you read Isaiah 7, right. Right, it talks about King Ahaz, and Isaiah tried to tell him, right. ah, but he didn't listen to the right. prophetic word once yeah. again. And you see... That he goes to pagan gods, listen, and forms political alliances right. to lay off the siege from the military powers that were coming to him. And again, the Lord wants us to run to him for refuge, right. for the things uh, that we need salvation from, Absolutely. right? The enemies uh, of our soul, of our heart, and of our world. And you see what happens when that thing doesn't happen. I want to say this lastly about yeah. this text is that... um. Like you said, you know, he does everything wicked that the people before him had did. Right. And the thor the story of the Bible, this is the story of the Bible. You see the same thing keep happening. Right. God wants to have for himself a holy people. Right. And a holy land. Right. Under a obedient federal representative. Right. Um, where he can give himself right. to his people right. in a covenant relationship for his glory. Mm. So you see. When the holy when the holy people don't act holy and they don't treat the land as holy, they get kicked out. Adam right. got kicked out of the garden. Right. The Canaanites got kicked out of the land. Israel comes in and they get kicked out as well, right? right? So that you see the same thing keep coming and coming and coming. And um the Lord, man, he wants us to worship him with fully devoted hearts. Uh forever. Amen. Unto his glory. Yeah. Yeah. Father, we pray that that would be so. Make us into those that believe you, that trust your word lord more than anything else and i pray that as we trust and obey your word that we would live and um, uh, 
live under the protection of your blessing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.